0: This is Ryan Archie-Daff, Nash I shout out to the Bulls' HQ podcast, all the way from Australia who represent, and thanks for all the support. another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Bulls HQ. Hopefully everyone is good and well out there. Everyone is safe and healthy, all that sort of stuff. I hope, hope that is certainly the case. But, um, I am back this week for another Bulls HQ episode, talking about our winning Chicago Bulls. This team, over the last five games... Has found some form Bulls fans. I mean, I think they're 4 and 1 over their last five games, if I'm not mistaken. The lone loss being to the informed Philadelphia 76ers, the best team in the Eastern Conference, the, the team that has, a, in my opinion at least, the league MVP right now. So, you know, you can take the loss like that, and it was a good, it was a a good moral loss let's say a good moral victory i should say a loss on national tv that you're more than happy to take given that the team probably didn't really play that well i mean zach levine could have had a better game against the Sixers than what he than he did probably one of his worst games of the season still had 30 points but despite all that despite the team not necessarily playing that well despite zach levine himself not necessarily playing that well the team just narrowly lost to the Sixers. but beyond that They beat the Pacers in overtime, they've beaten the Detroit Pistons, a a huge comeback win there. They just narrowly lost to the Sixers, beat the Kings pretty comfortably, I thought, and after tonight's game, the Houston Rockets, one where the Bulls completely destroyed the Rockets, specifically in that third quarter when the team had 46 points in that third quarter. I mean, the, the Bulls right now are cooking over their last five games, and importantly, Their next game coming up is against the Minnesota Timberwolves here on Wednesday night. A team who has been terrible all season, a team that has just sort of fired their coach, they've just hired a new coach, they've randomly pulled out a coach from the Toronto Raptors assistant bench to make their their new coach, which is very odd, something you don't see every day, a team sort of firing their coach mid-season and uh, making a full-time hire based on an assistant coach from a different team, that's very weird and and indifferent to to see, so I, I wonder you know, how, how that Minnesota Timberwolves team will sort of function under a new coach. Maybe they get a new coach bump. Maybe it's just all over the place due to the fact that there will be a new voice at the helm. So the Bulls have a real good chance here to go 5-1 over their last six games. So the, the team is starting to cook at this point to the point where we're now sitting here where the Bulls are 14 wins and 16 losses on the season. We're essentially just under 500, but importantly, after today's slate of games, after the Hornets lost to the Utah Jazz, the Bulls now have the eighth seed or the eighth place in the Eastern Conference right now. I was going to say they're in the playoffs, but they're not necessarily in the playoffs due to the fact that we're going with the uh, the playing tournament at this point. So teams seven through ten will be in the playing tournament. So yeah, the Bulls aren't necessarily in the in the playoffs as we stand today, but. I think it just, what it does tell us, even though they're not necessarily in the playoffs, it just speaks to the team's growth through the season as to they how they've sort of been building the last 5, 10, 15 games. And I think it was very evident tonight against the Houston Rockets, a team who clearly had some players out, clearly weren't at their best, an undermanned Rockets team, but still, the Bulls came in, came into Houston on the road and just did the job that they needed to do and completely pounced the Rockets in that third quarter, as I sort of mentioned. That that first quarter, or that first half, it was fairly back and forth. The Bulls got out to a nice lead, let the Rockets back in the game during, a, uh, during the end of the first quarter, start of the, that second quarter period. But then when it mattered in that third quarter, put in 46 points and really took the game over. And, and by that point, they, the Bulls were up by 30-odd points and won quite convincingly. So... I guess that was a really good game, and it's a really, it's a good game to sort of highlight the growth of this team, because earlier this season, maybe even last season, or most certainly last season, do the Bulls even win that game against the Rockets? Is it a trap game of sorts? Do they come into Houston, an undermanned Houston team? Do they sort of not necessarily take that game seriously? Do they not necessarily know how to execute, how to win games? Do they even get that game against the Rockets last season? I don't know. Maybe they do, but I certainly don't think they come into Houston and win by 20-plus points like they did tonight. So in that, in that sense, we're seeing real growth from this basketball team. Billy Donovan, I think his effect has been very, very, very clear at this point on, on this Bull squad. You can see it all over the court, on both sides of the court. Don't look now, but all of a sudden the Bulls on defense is starting to get together. The Bulls have sort of jumped up from 27th, 28th in defense. Now they're up to 20th. So still not great, but they're getting closer to that average mark whilst the offensive rating for the season, on the season thus far, is sitting at 16th. So the Bulls are an average offense, have been an average offense all season. The defense is slowly but surely coming along now as well to the point where the Bulls sit 18th in net rating. Defense is up to 20th. Offense is at 16th. So it feels right that the Bulls are right where they are, which is at 8th in the Eastern Conference. And to be fair, I think there's scope for them to be even more than that, given, you know, we've, we've lost a game on the buzzer to Damian Lillard. We lost a game on the buzzer to... To Damien Lee from the Golden State Warriors in the third game of the season. You know, I mean, if those two results just go a little bit differently, I know it's, it's, I know some, certain people will say, well, they didn't. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of those close wins that they, the Bulls won, maybe if they, if they flip around a little bit as well, maybe the record doesn't look as healthy as well. So I totally get that point of view, but <laughs> if we just take those couple games where the Bulls literally lost on the final basket, they're sitting here right now, if I've done my maths correct. That would be 16 wins, 14 losses. The, the team would be basically in the fourth or fifth seat at that point. So I'm feeling good about where this season is headed, Bulls fans. And I say that because a lot of it is, is sort of accounted to what Billy Donovan has been doing. And I think that's just been so evident in the last five, ten games at least. I mean, it's been, it's been evident throughout the start of the season. But I think it's really been rammed home probably on that West Coast road trip that we had earlier in the season, but definitely over the last five to 10 games, we're just seeing the difference in what having an actual good professional coach means. And I know that the uh, the baseline here that, that Billy Donovan had to sort of work off is, is pretty goddamn low. I mean, we're talking about Jim Boylan, arguably the worst coach in the NBA last season, maybe the worst coach the Bulls have had that I've ever been witness to. I, I, I think that's fair. I I'm, I don't know. Was Tim Floyd worse? Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, that was too long ago for me to remember now. I guess twenty years ago, I kind of don't want to remember that time as well. Maybe Tim Floyd was worse, but at the same time, like, if we're comparing Jim Boylan to Tim to Tim Floyd, and there's a real comparison to be made there, then I think that just sort of says enough, doesn't it? The fact that Jim Boylan was so damn bad. So, in that sense, you know, what we're comparing Billy Donovan to isn't a lot. There's not a lot to necessarily compare him to. But despite all that, I mean, the man is doing wonders at the moment. I've already sort of rattled off the fact that the offense has just been a consistent—I won't say force because they've just been around average all season—but they've been a lot more consistent. What they're doing on offense is a lot more sustainable. The ball is moving a lot, as we saw against the Rockets tonight. The ball was zipping around the court nicely, freely. Everyone's getting involved in the offense. They're creating points from all over the the court. I mean, it's not necessarily just guys jacking up shots from the three-point line. Obviously, Zach is doing what he's doing from the perimeter. But we're seeing playmaking happening from the elbows with, with Wendell Carter and Thad Young. We're seeing baskets being made in the paint. Guys are sort of making their points from the perimeter. I mean, Zach's obviously having the season that he's having, but guys like Garrett Temple, Satoransky, Kobe White, the way they're spotting up at three point from the three-point line, the way the ball is moving from the, from the three-point line, around the three-point line, even from the paint in, out to the three-point line. The offense is humming along really nicely at this point, but the defense is coming along too, to the point where we're seeing the Bulls look like an actual decent professional basketball team. And again, the baseline was really low balls fans, but I'm just I'm just happy to see that this team is looking like a good and capable team. One who I know going into each game, I, th- I feel confident in each game they play now. The team is saying that, like that. I think Tad Young in tonight's post game basically said that the team feels like they can go into any game and get 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 the result. And you know that, that that's just player speak sometimes, but from a fan point of view, I kind of feel that too at this point. Doesn't seem like the Bulls are really out of any games. I can't really remember any games that they've been completely smoked. Like, there's probably been maybe three or four of those games all season. The Celtics game comes to mind. There may have been one Lakers game, if I'm remembering correctly. I think that maybe the last Clippers game, they weren't really in it at all. But, I mean, beyond that, maybe there's one or two other games here and there that I'm just not springing into mind just yet. But it just feels like this team is consistently in more games to the point where. We're more invested in these games, and as a byproduct of that, the team is actually playing really well of late. So I'm very happy how things are progressing for our Chicago Bulls, and in turn, or as part of that, every single player on this roster right now, at least who's part of the rotation, seems to be bringing something to the court. Whether it's you know everything Zach Levine is doing, who is clearly carrying this team, is clearly the number one focus on this team, the best player on this team. Zach obviously has improved. We know what he can do. But even guys like Garrett Temple. Uh, I was about to say Denzel Valentine. and I guess I have to say Denzel Valentine because he has been good this season. I'll hopefully see Red Freddy's not listening to this, but... I even I have to admit Denzel Valentine is coming in and playing his role, which is a tough thing to for me to admit, but he is doing that, but literally every player in the rotation right now is doing the thing that they need they need to be doing. Every player is empowered to do what they're meant to be doing. There isn't one player on this roster in this rotation that is being mismanaged at all, whether it's from a minute's point of view, the role that they have within the offense or the defense, whatever it is. Everyone is in the right role, everyone is playing the right role, and everything just feels like it should be. It feels like there's a nice balance to everything, and I don't know, for the first time in, how many years, Bulls fans, for the first time in a long goddamn time, it just feels like there's no off-court nonsense or drama affecting this team? which is just so refreshing. We can actually just talk about basketball. We can actually just talk about the growth of these players rather than wondering about punch clocks, wondering about any other just stupid crap like that that was just so evident throughout the Boylan tenure, so evident throughout the Garpax tenure. I mean, go beyond Boylan. I mean, we had so many issues with Garpax and the roster construction, the way they sort of didn't support Fred Hoiberg. There were so many talking points off the floor That it kind of just felt like we're talking more about the Bulls as a reality sort of drama rather than an actual basketball team. But now all of a sudden here we are talking about the Bulls as a real competent basketball team. And I'm just really happy as a podcaster or someone who watches every single Bulls game as a fan of this team that we can just talk about basketball and the growth of our team and our players. So, uh, that's what I want to talk about on this episode on the of, of the podcast. I mean, I, that's what we've been doing throughout this season on the podcast, but I, I, it's just nice to be able to talk about actual basketball and not bullshit. I'm really happy about that. So to that point, I mean, by the time you're listening to this, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Zach Levine has been announced as an NBA All-Star As a reserve, he obviously hasn't made it as an NBA starter at this point. We know that. He didn't get voted in by the fans, but he was third amongst player voting. He's right there amongst voting. I think he averaged overall fourth in the Eastern Conference guards. I'm hoping the NBA coaches have the good sense to reward Zach Levine for the growth he's had this season. He's clearly made a leap. I've gone over it in this podcast. I made a blog post about it last week, the fact that his offensive game from a scoring point of view has gone to another level. His playmaking has gone to another level. His defense, his off-ball defense has gone to another level. He's making strides as a player. He's continuously growing to the point where he's now getting nationally recognized by a lot of platforms. I think earlier today I was, I was rereading or watching uh, Rachel Nichols had a bit uh, on uh, from the jump about how Zach is an All-Star. There's been a number of national broadcasters, a number of national uh, analysts, let's say I think Kevin O'Connor presented an example where on on the ringer there where he had Zach Levine in his all-star, he had Zach Levine as an all-star pick. Slowly but surely with the Bulls being more competent, Zach making growth as a player, again we get, we're get we getting to talk about our guys from a positive point of view and as such that is becoming a reflection on how the rest of the league is sort of starting to view the players on this Bulls team. We're seeing that with Zach Levine now so I'm hoping I'm hoping that he gets named an all-star reserve. He definitely deserves it. He definitely should be in there. And the fact that the Bulls of 14 and 16 have the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, as of tonight, you can't hold the Bulls record against him like you could against previous seasons. That's, that's no longer relevant. You can't hold the Bulls record against them anymore. So in that sense, I mean, what what criteria do you have to not put Zach Lafayette in the all-star game? There, there is none. There's none. He's an all-star. So by the time you're listening to this, by the time this is up on the platform, I'm hoping, hoping that Zach Levine is in the all-star game because he bloody well deserves it. But you know what? Zach isn't the only one who's making strides this season. I mean, Thad Young. I, I, I talked about it last week. How I don't want Thad Young moved. I don't want him traded at all. And, and this is why because I just don't. I don't. There's clearly better players than Thad Young in the NBA. Obviously. Thad Young isn't a franchise player. He's not an all-star level player. But I don't know if there's many players in the league on a per minute basis who are more impactful or more effective than Thad Young right now. I mean this 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 Houston Rockets game, Thad Young in twenty minutes of basketball, seventeen points, eight rebounds and five assists. I mean the man is just producing at a per minute rate like very few are in this league to the point where I won't say he's as important as Zach Levine because Zach carries so much of an offensive load. But if you just subtract Thad Young from this team on both sides of the basketball, I have no idea where this team is. I mean, they certainly don't have 14 wins. Do they even have 10 wins? Do they even have 8 wins? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And that is how impactful Thad Young has been. And I know I've been banging this drum. I think I'm slowly but surely, maybe starting to change some minds about how important Thad Young is to this team, both from a winning point of view right now. Like, if we want our Bulls team to to make steps from a winning point of view, to actually see them maybe take some steps and get into the postseason, you need Thad Young to do that. But as I've been sort of arguing over the last few weeks, from a development standpoint, I think Thad Young is so damn important. And and we're seeing that right now with, with Wendell Carter, and Patrick Williams. Again, I don't want to rehash this because I'm pretty sure from my mind that I went over this on the last last podcast. But you can see Wendell Carter, now that he's been back five or six games post his injury, you can see Wendell is so much more aggressive in going after his own his own offense, his own scoring, but the way he's sort of being aggressive in trying to, to create offense for others, like that time that he spent on the sidelines watching Thad Young playing the role that Wendell ultimately, we hope, can play over the next four to five years for this Bulls team. I mean, who better to have as a development standpoint, as a development template for someone like Wendell Carter than Thad Young? So in that sense, we're seeing the value of Thad Young from a developmental standpoint. We're seeing the value that he adds On the floor, this team is almost at 500 right now because in large part of Thad Young, how he's leading this team, he and Levine are leading this team, I think their combination in general. I mean, if you want to talk about development, I mean, Zach Zach has continuously developed each season, but you can't tell me Zach Levine's life is made easier if you trade away Thad Young. It certainly isn't. I mean, if you remove Thad Young, there goes Zach Levine's best pick-and-roll partner. There goes the second-best player that Zach Levine has played in his Bulls tenure throughout his first three to three or four seasons here in Chicago. So, so Thad has so much value to this Bulls tenure. And look, I just I just think, that, again, that was very evident tonight watching this Rockets game. A lot of the themes of this season were so evident in this game. Even guys who have been inconsistent, guys like Kobe White, I mean, we're seeing where coaching really matters. We're slowly seeing Kobe White sort of get back off the ball, get back to where he matters, where he's good at. Getting off ball, catching and shooting, getting in his rhythm as a scorer off the ball first, finding ways to impact the game in other areas. I mean, he had, what, 10 rebounds tonight against the Houston Rockets? Two assists, zero turnovers. I don't even care about that. Like, I'm not necessarily looking at Kobe White to run the offense. I don't care if he has one assist five assists, seven assists, all I care about is how is he functioning, how is he affecting the game, where is he sort of fitting in the offense, is he a cog within the offense or is he trying to be the driving force within the offense, the fact that he's sort of forming, falling into the former, where he's sort of just being a piece within the offense, playing off Zach, playing off Thad and Wendell, allowing those guys to be the primary driving offense, the offensive creative forces, and then Kobe sort of just finding his spot as a secondary or tertiary creator, but looking for his offense first, this is the Kobe White I want to see, folks. And this is coaching, because Billy Donovan rightly, I think he tried and experimented with Kobe as that lead guard. Clearly, that was a mandate from from management. I think they clearly wanted to, to see if Kobe could handle that. And to my eyes, at least, I think it's pretty clear that Kobe White isn't a point guard. That doesn't mean he can't be a value player, an effective player, a good player on this team. Because tonight in this Rockets game, I want to say this is one of Kobe White's best games of the season. I don't know if it is his best game of the season. That game against the Kings was pretty amazing. He had another really good game where he had 30-odd points. I can't remember who that was against. Sorry, it was against the Pelicans where he's hit those eight threes. That was a great Kobe game. But this one, I don't know, it felt different because it didn't feel like he was forcing anything at any time. He was sort of coming in and out when he needed to. He had those quick 11 points in the first quarter. But none of it came with him dominating or pounding the ball. He wasn't making bad decisions with the ball. He wasn't turning the ball over. He was just sort of finding himself within the flow of the offense. And I think that's and that's kind of how it needs to be for Kobe and for the team, for everyone. That's how it needs to be. So this is what I want to see Kobe White be like. This is, the, this is the version of Kobe who I think can function well. The version of Kobe who can sort of plug and play in so many line, lineups. I mean, if you put Kobe in with the starting unit and he's sort of playing in this off-ball off role, it makes sense. If you put Kobe in that second unit where he can maybe take over a little bit, cook a little bit more, but still function as a, a focal point of the offense, then he makes sense in that role too. But just limiting what you're asking of Kobe, putting him in the best position to succeed, I think the Bulls have been doing that over the last few games. And slowly but surely, I do think Kobe will get his stuff back together to the point where he's sort of functioning well in a more limited role, to the point where his effectiveness is probably more, is probably greater in a limited role rather than just giving him the keys to the entire offense and just hoping he sinks or swims. I, I've never been about that. I want to see these guys progressively grow. Just add little bits to your game every 10 to 15, maybe 20 games. Look at the season as a block of 20, 20 games. Add something to that, that that block of games. And we're starting to see that. I think that's been very evident for someone like Patrick Williams too. I mean, if you think about Patrick Williams, he's, he's been unbelievable in, in my eyes. Maybe I'm, I'm hoping hyping him up a little bit too much. But the things he's doing from a defensive standpoint as a first-year wing, the intangible stuff and the understanding where he needs to be on the court, his off-ball defense is fantastic, his reads... For a rookie already, are just crazy good. They're they're where I would expect a four to five year veteran to be. The fact that Patrick Williams already had that in his game, but now we're starting to see things like his rebounding coming along. I mean, through his first nineteen games, he's only averaged three point eight rebounds per game, which was pretty anemic for a big guy like him. But over his last ten games, he's starting to average you know six seven rebounds a game. I think it's six point seven rebounds over his last ten games. Granted, some of that is coming due to the fact that he's probably playing closer to the basket, the fact that he's playing power forward with Larry and out. He's playing, in my eyes, his natural position, so naturally he's looking a lot more comfortable. But over his last 10 games, he's averaging 11.7 rebounds, and he's doing so without having any offense created for him at all. So slowly but surely, Patrick Williams is coming along too, to the point where over the next 20 games, I want to see Patrick sort of add some things to his game get some more offense fun, funneling through him, whether that's him looking for his own score or maybe using his ball handling ability that he does have, that he sort of showed or flashed a little bit. And maybe Patrick can start adding, you know, two, three assists per game consistently. He's had some games where he's had two or three assists. He's generally had zero or one assists. That's generally he's been his baseline because he's not he's not really an, an active participant in the offense in terms of creation just yet. But going forward, that. That's what I want to see from Patrick Williams, and I'm confident that will happen because we've seen it with all other players. I mean, Wendell Carter is growing; he clearly is Bulls fans. Prior to his injury, he was making leaps, but since he's come back, he's been so much better. We've already talked about Zach Levine. I think Kobe, if he settles into the right role, come back to being a really effective player. And then you have all the veterans doing their thing. Those vets are just lifting the baseline of this basketball team at the moment. So I'm very pleased with how everything is unfolding right now, and I I don't know why, but just after this Rockets game, the the primary takeaway that I had is just, how good is it just to have someone like Billy Donovan? It's it's so important. It's so damn important, and if if you recall maybe six months ago when Billy Donovan got hired, once he became available, he was the name that I wanted the Bulls to chase. And the reason for that was because I knew what he was. He was a proven commodity. We understood what he was from a collegiate perspective. We understood that he could develop talent. We understood what he did in the NBA. He was a guy that has been a coach for a damn long time. I felt confident in his ability to come into Chicago and just lift the baseline of this team. And we're starting to see it now. This team is 14 and 16. They should probably be 16 and 14. They should be higher up the standings than what they are. But slowly but surely this team is growing and we're getting there we're getting there slowly, but it's working. So that from that point of view, I mean the what, what is occurring on the basketball court is very encouraging. But to me, there's so much more scope in this team going forward as well. And the reason why I say that is that they're still without Otto Porter, they're still without Larry Markinen. Uh I mean technically they're still without Chandler Hutchinson, but I'm not sure what value he would be adding at this point anyway. But Otto and Lowry are two rotational players take them out of the rotation, and the Bulls are still doing what they're doing right now. That, that, that's really encouraging to me. I think that in itself proves that there is scope to where these Bulls team can go. I think they can go up another level to the point where, and again, I've said this before, but I don't think they're necessarily missing Lowry or Otto at this point. So when I'm looking at the trade deadline coming up in just over a month's time, let's get creative here. Um, I'm speaking to Arturus Kanashvili. I'm sure he's a, an avid listener of Bulls HQ. Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? But Arturus, I'm speaking directly to you, sir. Can we please add some players at the trade deadline rather than selling them off? The Bulls are making steps. Billy Donovan has got this team playing like a professional team. They're clearly they're clearly growing. It you owe it to Zach Levine at this point. Based on the way he's developed, based on the way that other guys on the roster right now are playing, you owe it to those guys to add pieces at the trade deadline so we can go from being maybe an 8th seed, maybe a 9th seed, or whatever it might be, to being a le- legitimate chance at maybe fighting for a 6th seed, something like that. I mean, if you can take Larry marketing if you can trade him for Lonzo Ball, which I know is something a lot of Bulls fans have been talking about for the last month, I don't think it's going to happen. but For argument's sake, if you could turn Larry Markin, who right now is injured, which is going to impact his trade value, but if you could turn him into a player who can be on the court for you, plays a role, a position that would really help you and impact you, if you could take Larry and sort of change him from a power forward who finishes well, scores the ball well, but doesn't necessarily add a lot of value elsewhere, and you can replace him with a wing or a guard, And, again, I'll just refer back to Lonzo because that makes the most obvious sense for, at least for us, from a Bulls point of view. I don't know if it makes sense from a Pelicans point of view. But if you could just take Lowry, sub him out, put in Lonzo ball, and then continue to play the way they are, continue to play small, a move like that would just add scope to this Bulls team. They could really sort of propel themselves up into that. I won't go as far as to say, you know, as, as a fourth seed. But if you look at the East Conference, I mean, it's the Nets. It's the Sixers, but beyond that, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty even. I mean, even the Bucks right now, like the Bucks are the Bucks are the third seed. The Bucks are a decent good team, but they are nowhere near as good as what they have been. The Miami Heat are nowhere near as good as they have been. The Toronto Raptors are starting to get it together, so I'm, I'm assuming they will ultimately end up with a four or five seed. The Pacers are a good professional team, so I would assume they remain in that four or five seed. But the East just isn't super strong right now. The the Heat, the Celtics. These teams aren't getting it together. They've been extremely inconsistent. Granted, they've been impacted a lot by COVID. But still, beyond that now, they've had most of their players back for some time now. And they still can't get it together. So in that sense, the East is somewhat open. That isn't to say the Bulls are going to do any damage. That isn't to say the Bulls are going to win a playoff round. Or they're going to walk into the Eastern Conference Finals or anything stupid like that. I'm not saying or suggesting anything. But there is scope for the Bulls to turn, to turn this season from a nice feel-good season where the team sort of floats along the 8th seed, maybe gets into the playoffs, maybe gets into the play-in tournament, whatever it might be. You know, he's competitive throughout the whole season. We have fun playing and watching this team. But maybe they ultimately don't do anything. Maybe that's where this team is headed right now. But if you can trade Larry marketing for someone like Lonzo, continue to play small the way the Bulls are right now, where you have Patrick Williams at power forward, and you're really only using Wendell Carter and Thad Young as your main bigs, which was a nice adjustment that we've seen from Billy Donovan over the last couple games. I mean, gone are the days where he's playing Daniel Gafford. Luke Cornett was playing some minutes. He's out of the rotation again because he was absolutely terrible over the last few games. Cristiano Felicio got some minutes here and there, but he's out of the rotation as well. So, Billy Donovan is just playing his his decent, good players at this point. So, if you can take Lowry, turn him into Lonzo, add that type of player to your rotation. I don't know if you can get anything for Otto Porter, probably not given the fact that he's so injured and he's he's got such a huge expiring deal that it it, it makes it pretty difficult to maybe move Otto Porter, but... I just keep coming back to this. The Bulls without Larry Marknon have won nine games and lost seven. That's a winning record. The Bulls with Larry Marknon, they've won five games and have nine losses. Now I know that stat has a, or lacks a lot of context, the fact that, you know, the Bulls have an easy ability to cover Larry Markden given that given that they have Patrick Williams who can slide up to power forward, given that they have Thad Young coming off the bench who has been their second best player all season given you know, he can play so many minutes at power forward, even though he's been playing a lot of his minutes at center. They have that ability to cover Larry. So in that sense, they don't miss him when he goes down, which is unfortunate for Larry in that sense. But what it does mean is, because you have that ability to cover for Larry so easily, why wouldn't you use him as a trade piece, which we already thought would be potential a potential trade option for the Bulls? Why wouldn't you redistribute the funds that you have locked into Larry now? But more importantly, the funds that you're potentially going to need to pay Lowry next season, which is a contract that will range anywhere between sort of 15 to $25 million. And if it's not his contract, then it's his cap hold. His cap hold for against the cap sheet for the, shif- the Bulls entering the next offseason is $20 million. If you can take that money and remove Lowry now and move that future money that you owe him, whether it's his cap hold or his future contract, and redistribute that into a different player into a player who plays a more position of need on the wing or a guard, someone like that. I feel like this Bulls team has another level it can get to as soon as this season. Again, I'm not saying they're going to win a playoff round. I'm not saying that they're going to sort of steam through the Eastern Conference and and pull off a Miami Heat and get to the finals or anything crazy like that. But instead of being a team that's sort of just floating along 500... You know, over the next 35, 40 games of the season, maybe they can win 25 of those games. So over a, a block of 40 games, is there scope there for the Bulls to go 25 and 15? If you take out Larry, replace him with Lonzo Ball, play smaller, play faster, play the way you have been over the last five to six games, play the way you were without Larry when you were on that West Coast road trip where the team went one and three, but against good teams like the Blazers, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings. The team played really good basketball, so I think it's more than a trend at this point that the team functions better without Larry. Let's use what we've seen over the last few games, as we saw in this Rockets game, where this team looks so much better playing smaller. Let's redistribute that, the future funds that we may have to pay Larry Markin later. Let's let's redistribute his roster spot, his shots, what you ultimately owe Larry, both on the floor and off it this season and going forward. Let's do that now. I don't want to be trading Thad Young. I don't want to be trading Zach Levine. I don't want to be trading anyone else right now. I want this team to continuously build. I want to be adding players at the deadline. And like I've spoken about in the past, I want this team to act like a big market team. I want to see them make trades. I want them to see them attack free agency. And a good way to do that is by being a team that is continuously building and is looking more professional. I keep coming back to the Brooklyn Nets as, an, as the example. I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are in Brooklyn right now, in part because those, those Nets teams had uh, enough cap space for two max free agents. But beyond that, the reason why they chose the Nets over a team like the Knicks or any other situation was, was two reasons. One, they were a big market team. But two, they were a big market team who had their shit together. That, that latter point really matters. Free agents are not going to go to to destinations or to teams who are in a, a big market if that team just continuously shoots themselves in the foot, like the Bulls have been doing for years, like the Knicks have been consistently doing for 20 years. If the Bulls just keep building, if they keep showing that they could be an attractive destination from a free agent standpoint, and I think they, I think that's proving that they may be able to, with the fact that Zach Levine has established himself into a legitimate star in this league. I mean, we saw it in the all in the All Star voting. Players ranked Zach Levine as the third best guard in the East this season. They clearly clearly respect his game. If this Bulls team can continuously improve, if they can show that they're serious about winning and adding pieces to the team and trying to improve rather than selling off guys at the deadline, selling players off at the deadline, and actually over the next 40 games, maybe going, like I said, 25 and 15, and even if it's not that, maybe 22, 23 and 17, something like that, Whatever it is, just continuously show and prove to us fans, but more importantly to the rest of the league that the Bulls are a growing team. They're getting their shit back together, and this team is growing, and we're being led by Zach Levine in that sense. So that's what I want to see. For whatever reason, to me, that was these were the, the main takeaways after I had watching this Rockets game. The fact that this team clearly is growing, Billy Donovan is having his impact. We're looking at a team that... You know, isn't it just a nice story at this point? This is a good team now. I don't know if... They're, they're clearly not a great team. I don't even know if they're going to, ever going to be a very good team, a very good team this season. But they're clearly a competent team, one who's in every game they play this season, one who continuously can grow. And I, like I said, I think there's scope for them to to grow as a team if they make some move at at, at the deadline. But it, But as well, and importantly, if you keep the vets around, then I think there's growth to be had for guys like Kobe, Patrick Williams. Wendell Carter. These players will continue to grow, and if you keep those veterans around to support them, I, I like where we're heading from a Bulls standpoint, so Arturus, like I said, uh, and I'm sure you're listening, and thank you for doing so, my hat, my I hope you're taking my feedback on board, and um, yeah, you're clearly not listening, you're clearly not listening, but <laughs> anyways, that's just my, my two cents, let me know what you think, Bulls fans, uh, do you agree with me? I know I know, like I said, I'm getting some support on this whole idea of keeping Thad younger. I feel like I'm somewhat in the minority. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I know there's a lot of smart people out there who I who I trust and who I respect who uh, definitely don't agree with me in that sense, and feel like we should trade Thad for the, the 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 largest trade offer that you can get back. To, you know, get some some pieces that help the rebuild going forward. Get trade him off to whoever it may be for a future first-round pick, maybe two two first-round picks, whatever the, whatever the offer that you concoct in your NBA trade machine. I know there's a lot of people out there that feel that trading Thad Young makes sense, and, and maybe it does make sense. Maybe I'm too invested in this team actually playing good basketball for a change, that I just don't want to see that change, so maybe I'm being too emotive, I'm too emotive about it. So tell me if I'm wrong. I'd be interested to hear it. You can do that on Twitter, at MKHoobs. Follow me there. I'm always posting about the Bulls. I can't get this team off my mind. And with this team playing so much more better, like that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> it's actually good and fun to watch Bulls games. It's good and fun to be talking about the Bulls games. So hit me up on Twitter. Have a conversation with me. If, if, if you think I'm wrong, let me know. If you think I'm right, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. I want to hear about it. But uh, at MKHOOPS on Twitter, at BullsHQPod, you can follow the show too on Twitter too. If you want to send me an email, if you've got a great idea about the show, in terms of segments you want to see, about any ideas that you have you want to add to the show, or even just some questions that you want to send in. Maybe you have a better plan than I have. Maybe you have a really compelling reason as to why the Bulls need to trade Thad Young, need to trade Zach Levine, whoever it may be. I I think you'll struggle to make that case, but if you want to make it, you want to do so via long text or long-form conversation, hit me up on the email, bullshqpod at gmail.com. And to that point, if you want to become a member of the Bulls HQ Discord forum where we are talking Bulls 24-7. I think we've almost got close to 200 Bulls fans up in there. If you want to be part of that, then send me a DM on Twitter, at mkhoops. I'll give you a link to become be part of that. Come be part of the conversation. Have some fun with us talking Bulls, and I think this has probably been the most fun we've had talking Bulls for, I don't know, four years? Something like that? So I want to see it continue. I want to see us um, having these good, fun conversations, and a product of that is obviously the team playing good, fun basketball. So uh, I appreciate what the Bulls are doing. I appreciate the growth that you know guys like Zach and Wendell, Kobe, Patrick Williams, and I appreciate what they're doing. I appreciate the the shit out of the vets. Thad Young, Garrett Temple, Saderanski, Otto Porter. If you could get your uh your broken body to uh, mend itself just for this season, please please just just get it together, mate, because we are, we're we 're doing some good things here in Chicago, and I want to see this team I want to see this team continue to grow, like I said, but um, selfishly at least because from a bulls content creator point of view, it is so much better to be talking about wins, to be talking about growth, to be talking about actual basketball and not bullshit drama it is so refreshing so so thank you, bulls, thank you, Billy Donovan, and obviously thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate your support. I've been a little slack with the podcasting schedule lately, and, uh, you know, Hassan, who is a member of our Bulls HQ Discord forum, he kindly let me know, actually, that I have been a little bit slack on, uh, my podcasting routine of late, and he is absolutely correct. I, I was a bit swamped today. I had a lot of work on today. I didn't know if I was even going to get a chance to, to record this, but, um, it's later here in, the, in my evening. It's certainly, uh, very early in the morning in Chicago where you guys are. As I'm recording this, you'll be getting this in your feed later, later in the morning. So hopefully, like I said, later tonight we have some good news about Zach Levine. But uh, Hassan, as you sort of requested, sir, I've got that podcast out, and um, I hope to be a little bit more, a little bit more frequent, a little bit more routine, routine with my shows. But um, like I said, I just wanted, to, I wanted to find the time to talk about the Bulls because they deserve it. And you know, if you can't find the time to talk about this Bulls team right now a team that's actually improving, a team that's been good and fun to watch, then when the hell are you going to find some time? So anyways, I've gone long enough. I've had my rants, 40-odd minutes just talking by myself. What what a complete loon I am. But uh, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I always appreciate your support. Hit me up on Twitter, follow me up there. And in the meantime, I hope the Bulls continue doing what they're doing. Four and one over their last five games. A really good opportunity to make a five and one with the Wolves coming into Chicago on Wednesday. And thereafter, I think we've got five or six games left in the first half of the schedule of this season. If the Bulls can sort of win three, maybe four of those games, it's a little tough because there are some decent teams coming up. The Phoenix Suns and the Devon Nuggets in particular. But if the Bulls can win three, maybe four of those games and maybe exit the first half of this season at a 500 level... I'll be super happy, Bulls fans. So that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm hoping for, along with Zach getting into the All-Star game. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But until then, Bulls fans, that pretty much does it for this episode of Bulls HQ. We'll be back maybe later in the week, if not later this week, then early next week to hopefully be talking about Zach Levine being an All-Star and all the other goings on in our Bulls universe. But until then, this has been Bulls HQ. Appreciate everyone from tuning in. Be safe, be well, and speak soon, Bulls fans. Oh